Hello and welcome to another episode of The Haunting Hour. I'll be your host, Gray. We're kicking off this season with a short story about a man that is heartbroken by a one-sided divorce. Now, some of us can relate to this story for sure, but what happens when our main character, Tom, and his daughter, Karis, starts to see supernatural entities and sheer chaos destroying their lives. Let's find out in part three of this haunting tale. My family is falling apart. I wave goodbye to Karis after dropping her off at her new class. It's been two days since she last went. I had taken what happened Monday to be a sign that both of us needed a break. I didn't press too much, but I had a long chat with her about keeping what happened to herself, especially for the other children and teachers. I don't like telling my daughter to lie, but in this case, it's best that we lie to everyone including ourselves. I left that last bit out, of course. An eight-year-old doesn't need to learn the depressing truths of adulthood just yet. I'm not even sure what is going on. The last two days have been quiet. No real incidents or weird indoor rain clouds. Just thinking that should be enough to make me feel stupid. Indoor rain clouds, really? What's next? Gnomes? Fairies? Or maybe the boogeyman? Karis has been spending the night with me. As a parent, I know I shouldn't be feeding her fear. She needs to see reason and logic. Unfortunately, there's no reason behind what has happened. I even get paranoid about it possibly being carbon monoxide poisoning and changed our detector to a much better one. No luck, no explanation. So I'm relying on the loss of sleep and added stress theory. We both have been playing games, watching shows and movies. It was a nice staycation, but it's time to get back to reality. Traffic is incredibly light today. I pull into the parking garage with 30 minutes to spare. I can't remember the last time this happened. I sigh, my shoulders falling as I walk to the stairs. For once, I can sit, read the news, and enjoy a cup of coffee before the workday begins. I'm barely at my desk when my door opens. Tom? I look up as she peeks around my office door. Hey, Carol, what's up? I ask. She inches her way into the space, nervously looking around. Carol is one of those sorts that always looks guilty, even when she's done nothing wrong. With her brown hair and slight frame, I'm always reminded of a mouse or rat. Her voice is soft, sometimes hard to hear. I was wondering if I could have the rest of the day off. I blinked a few times and then looked over at the clock. It was barely 11. Everything okay? She looks stunned for a moment, then drops her gaze to the floor. You 
can't ask that. I blink a few more times. She's right. I didn't think about that. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to pry. I was just concerned is all. Carol doesn't react. Just sort of shuffles her feet and hugs herself. Something is definitely wrong. When she stands in silence, I realize that she's waiting for me to approve her time off. My next sentence comes out stilted and awkward. Yeah, of, of course you can. Listen, just take all the time. She shuts the door before I can finish and the words die in my throat. In all the years we've worked together, I have never seen Carol so upset. I stand and walk across the hallway and then through the small door that leads into her office, an odor immediately hits me, strong and sour. I cover my mouth and nose, searching the room for the source of the smell. Everything is pristine as usual. It's spotless. So where on earth is that vile smell coming from? I open each of her drawers, scan the desk, and open her cabinets. What are you doing? I jump and spin around. Carol is blocking the doorway, her eyes rimmed and red. As I get a closer look at her face, I realize she looks awful. Her features are tired and drawn. Her skin a sallow yellow, like she hasn't slept in days. Do you smell that? I ask. She inhales sharply, her hand coming up and hanging awkwardly as she points in my direction. You smell it? I furrow my brows. Of course, it's awful. What is that? She lets out a long sigh her shoulders sagging. Oh, thank God, she says. I thought I was going crazy. I walk over to the trash. Don't bother, she whispers. I stop mid-bend and look over my shoulder. What do you mean? Carol shakes her head. You won't find the source. I've looked everywhere. Even had maintenance go above me to see if I had a rat die in the ceiling. I look across at her and she suddenly is aware of me. She wraps herself in a hug, looking over at the glowing monitor. She looks even more mouse-like as her eyes widen in fear. An overwhelming stench fills the space. It's so strong, I feel like I'm going to vomit. It's putrid. Carol covers her face and steps back into the hallway, her eyes filled with water. Please, get out. I look over at her sudden, angry outburst. I, what? Get out, she repeats slowly. I slowly back away from the room. Listen, I'll have someone take a look at that. You take the day off, okay? She barely hears me, her eyes staring at the dark space. Carol? She jumps. Stay away from me, okay? She snaps. I'm stunned into silence. I've never seen her this way. She spits.
spins on her heel and bolts away. Daddy? I look up for my meal, wondering how long I've been staring down at my food. Karis's plate is empty. What is it, honey buns? I ask. Her lips purse and she scrunches her eyebrows together. She looks so much like Jen right now. It hurts. It's the look she gave me when I brought work home. Does your tummy hurt? You didn't eat. I shake my head. No, baby girl. I'm just worried about your mom. Her eyebrows go up. Why? She asks. Did you guys fight again? Then, quietly, she adds. Is it about me? I stare across at this girl that is now definitely on the path to adulthood too soon and wonder if this is what causes it. I've never experienced divorce. Well, except for my own. But not in life. Kids always called me sheltered. I look at the ground and frown. This is probably what they meant. No, honey, I haven't heard from mommy in almost a week. That worries me. Doesn't that worry you? I'm shocked when she starts laughing. <laughs> Daddy, don't fib to me. Are you playing a trick? I look up at her face. It's crinkling near her eyes. And her eyes are sparkling. It's the kind of look a child gets just before you're about to bring out the tickle monster. And they scream, No! Don't! But they always seem to just stay within your reach. It's kind of like, do it again. She really does think this is just a game. Some kind of secret family joke. I can't tell if she's in denial or really just believes. I pause mentally. Karis, have you heard from Mama? She laughs harder. <laughs> Daddy, <laughs> you're so silly. Karis, I snap in that no-nonsense adult speech we all somehow master. She stops laughing, but the glint is still in her eyes. There's something she's not telling me. Why are you asking me? You're the one that told me mommy is picking me up this weekend. My jaw drops and I fight the urge to yell. The audacity of this girl lately. Karis, you know that's not true. Why are you lying to me? Her lips press together and her chin raises. I am not lying, she sputters. Your phone went off last night and you answered. Mama said that she would be here Friday to come and pick me up. And you said, all right, if you want to continue with this, I reach into my pocket and remove my phone. I swipe across the screen and go into my recent calls. It's the second time tonight. My jaw comes unhinged. She isn't lying. I pour through my text messages. There are dozens of new text messages between Jenna and me. There's even one from this morning telling her about Carol's strange behavior. And then another message confirming her picking Karis up at 6 p.m. tomorrow night. What the fuck? I say out loud. Karis gasps. Ooh, daddy, that's a no-no word. 
she whispers. I sigh. I'm sorry, baby. I guess I forgot about mommy talking with me. I press my fingers over the bridge of my nose. The pressure feels good against my skin, reassuring somehow. What? Like you aren't losing your damn mind? I shake my head and try not to fall apart. Kara scoots her chair across the floor and walks over to me. I feel her little arms wrap around my body and her gentle squeeze. It's okay, daddy. I get confused sometimes too, especially with reading. The words jumble funny. I don't like them. She backs away and puts one arm behind her back and then up to her mouth, nervously biting at the nail. Does that happen to you? I melt at her innocent words. She's trying to make me feel better in her own way. I wish adults were this sincere. It would solve so many of my problems. Yes, baby, and it does to everyone that first starts. Speaking of which, go run and do your homework, okay? She pouts and chews on her nail more, her shoulders slumping. Now, Karis, I mean it. She sulks the whole way, but I hear her grab her backpack and go into her room. I wait until I'm sure she will actually be focused on her work before I slip outside and dial the number. Please pick up, I pray. The phone rings a second time, and then a third. By the fourth ring, I'm about to hang up when a sharp click sounds. There's a brief silence, and then shuffling. Jen? She doesn't answer. Maybe the connection is bad. Hey, Jenna? Can you hear me? I ask, worried that maybe she's in the middle of a surgery, but if that were true, she wouldn't have even picked up her phone. It isn't allowed in the room when she's working, for obvious reasons. Maybe she pocket answered? I listen to see if I can hear any rustling or some sort of swoosh, like fabric. A long breath of air blows across the microphone. It sounds like a sigh. Jen? Hello? I heard a sigh. Is that you? If you're saying anything, I can't hear you. And then there's just silence. I sit for a moment, confused, and then something else sounds. I listen for several seconds as it repeats the same clicking sound. Tom? I jump and then sag as I let out a huge sigh of relief. Oh, thank God, I whisper. What? What's that? What's going on? Her voice sounds extremely tired, like I've woken her. I pull the phone away and look at the time. Oh shit. She normally wakes up in an hour for her shift. Now I feel like even more of an asshole. I am so sorry to wake you, Jen. I just, I just needed to hear your voice. I instantly regret saying that. I know what she's going to say. <sighs> Tom, 
never mind. Are you okay? Is this about Carol? I shake my head and then feel dumb. Jenna can't see me. No, no, no. Just listen, okay? I know how crazy this is going to sound. I know it isn't true, but at this point, I feel like it's the right thing to do. I need to be honest with you. Jenna is a doctor first. She'll listen and then tell me what I should do. Am I safe to even be around Karis? My mind starts wondering what else has been going on while I took a mental vacation. I don't like it, but I tell Jenna everything. Karis's troubles at school, the otherworldly cloud visitor, and the missing timelines and not even remembering that we had texted each other or called. She's silent for several seconds. Have you told anyone else about this? No, I say. Do you know how bad that would look? My shoulders droop as the weight of the last few days leaves my body. Besides, who the hell would believe me? I hear a click on the other end and some rustling. She must have turned on her bedside lamp. Honey, look, I love you but you have got to start taking care of yourself. Stop worrying about me and everyone else. Even when I just told her something that I'd convinced myself was a mental breakdown, she still has that focus and pragmatic nature that I love. She's thinking just like me, knowing that I must be under a lot of pressure. There is nothing about this woman that is horrible can't find any flaws. She handles herself and others so well. That's what's making this so hard. I can't be angry when she's so level-headed. How can I yell when all she does is make perfect sense? It was between her words that she wanted me to read, not what she was actually saying. It's a way for her to say that I needed to get sleep, eat something, and get some mental rest from work and life. I haven't given myself enough time to heal. I'm sorry, I mutter. I, I know you have a life now, a new one, and I keep screwing it up. She sighs on the other end, but it's a candid one, and somehow gentler. Do you honestly think I'm doing this because I want to? She's awake now. There's no trace of grogginess. She has my full attention. This is news to me, after all. She was the one that filed for a divorce. What do you mean? I ask, hopefully. Tom, I'm not doing this right now. I pace in the kitchen. I'm edging dangerously close to feeling optimistic. I really want to ground myself, but it's no use. The words just fly out. Jen, what is all this? Why are you doing this to us? I hear her sniff on the other side. It's a wet sniff. She's crying. Now I'm really confused. If she didn't want all of this, why the insistence? Why the new place? Why any of this? At first, 
I thought what any newly divorced man thinks. Another man. But after a while, I realized that wasn't it at all. There would have been plenty of signs. Karis would have seen him by now, or hear her mommy talking with him. You know why. Her voice is really wavering, a cross between frustrated and sad. I instantly feel guilty. I don't know why. I haven't done anything. But her crying is something I've never been invulnerable to. I take a long breath in and then exhale. Okay, she's on one of her manic bouts. She probably thinks that we've talked about this before. I calm myself down before speaking. Honey, I really don't. I'm sorry if we talked about this before, but I really don't remember. The tears start really flowing on the other end. She's sputtering and sniffling. She sounds really upset. I wait patiently as she collects herself on the line. This is the first time I've heard her get this upset. Well, to this degree. The last time was, well, the day she left me. Tom, I really can't do this right now. I have less than an hour to get to my shift. I sigh, glancing up at the clock. She's right, but it's awful timing. If it weren't for the hour, I would assume that she's purposefully avoiding me. Would it really matter? I think bitterly. It's over, and she won't even tell you why. That's not fair, but I needed to feel that right now to separate myself emotionally. All right, I, I get it. We'll see you tomorrow. She hangs up and I'm the idiot that's still sitting here and staring at the screen. Karis giggles as we pull up to the building. I stare for several moments from the parking lot. Wow, daddy, it's like a castle. Karis squeals as she jumps up and down in the back seat. She isn't kidding. I can't believe places like this actually exist. I frown, realizing that while I make well over a hundred thousand, it's nowhere near what Jen makes. I gape at the brickwork and tall iron gates. Being a specialist definitely has its perks. I open the passenger side door and gather Karis's bags. A whole week away is going to be torture for me. Being a dad's sort of all I really know. I swallow thickly as I cross over to Karis's door. I knew it was coming. I had gotten her a whole extra week during the transition of Jen getting a new place. I frown at the extravagance. This isn't her. Then again, maybe she's just going through something too. I've never known her to get something over 1200 a month, which is tough in this city. But she has a real way with negotiating. This isn't just a normal loft. Town home? I squint at the windows. There are several bay windows, paired off in twos, 
and then a 10-foot gap between them. These have to be lofts. A townhome would have an entrance on the ground facing the main road. And all I see is one entrance and a main roll-up garage door. Still, these have to run at least three grand a month. We're barely five minutes from the main city and that's with traffic. No way is she spending twice our mortgage on this place. I don't even need to see what the inside of it looks like. The weird part about this place is it it's new. Or, I mean, it has to be. But the bricks look authentic, like something you would have seen in the early 20th century. I can almost hear the blend of weird car horns and horse-drawn carriages. I glance around, suddenly feeling very uneasy. Where are the other people? I haven't spotted a single car since we pulled up. It's Friday night, we're barely one street over from the main bars and restaurants. Where is everyone? Karis's door swings open and she peeks out her little head. Did you get lost, Daddy? I crack a smile. Horror, horror, I say. I reach into the car and tickle under her arms and belly. Her kickles are like music to my ears. Okay, okay. I give. She yells between gasps of air. Man, I'm, I'm gonna miss this bundle of joy. Jenna looks absolutely stunning, and she's not even trying. I swear she's getting younger. Just last week, she looked like she was in her late 20s. She doesn't even look over 23. I always thought blue looked really great on her. There's something about the way her hair looks against it but these clothes seem like they were made just for her it's a shirt over tights but somehow she manages to make it look like an evening gown hey Jen I say hating how shy I sound I'm 42 years old for Christ's sake hey she replies warmly. There's something in her eyes as they linger on mine. I can't help but respond, my body growing warm and my heart racing. She bends down to Karis, balancing on her legs. Hey, honey bun, you want to run upstairs and check out your new room? Karis squeals again and tears up the stairs. I shake my head. Man, I wish I had a tenth of that energy. I would get so much done. Jen laughs, leading me towards the stairs. Right? I'd kill for that some days. That gets a real laugh out of me. Hun, <laughs> have you seen yourself? I have never seen any woman look as good as you at... 39. Her laughing stops, and 
she pauses near the top of the staircase. Looks can be deceiving. I'm confused by her sudden moment of silence. Had I somehow offended her? A scream sounds from down the hall. It's long and loud. Really loud. <laughs> 